0: Hello, James here. Welcome to the James cast. And I got a really, really fun James cast here for you. This is a conversation with Jenna Burton at Dr. Jenna Doc talk. Yeah. You know the program. Well, Dr. Jenna had her baby girl. So we actually caught up a little bit on some of the things that people forget when they have a baby. She's two weeks into the gig at the time of this podcast. And she's even talking about the things she forgot, but she's talking about the struggle she's having. It's a really interesting conversation. It's a lot of fun. You're gonna love it. Doc talk with Dr. Jenna, right here on the James Cast. And of course, there's the preamble that you don't find on Podaholics. It's just all fun. Let us know what you think. Here we go.
1: James, uh, <laughs> have you got a new microphone as well? Sounds excellent. Uh, nice
0: no same one maybe I adjusted something on the settings But no nope, I'm, look, I'm, I'm using screen. my I'm using my sure uh, uh, F- sure 55 yeah it's a lovely mic wow. yeah yeah you yeah.
1: got my rocket ship as you I see call it.
0: that's beautiful that's a beautiful mic
1: but yeah I still getting a hard time from James about it. But I use it for the podcast. I use it for recording my Dr. Florence jingles. I use it for... It's an excellent um, mic. Lessons. Not can... that I can have a guitar lesson at the moment because I've not been able to practice since my last one. You I know. was really on it and I loved it, but at the moment it's just just like it's just survival <laughs> of the fittest right now. <laughs> <laughs> you, you,
0: you, 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 you do have a new, good. You do have a newborn and two twins, and that means three children under the age of five... <laughs>
1: it's not. It's not even that the boys easy on their own. Neve easy on her own, but together it's really hard. Like yeah. getting out in the morning, I just haven't mastered yet. Like I can get everybody else ready, but not me. So yeah. everyone else can be ready to go. And I'm like, oh my god, how am I going to go to the nursery dressed like this? Like I'm just a state. Um, so yeah, struggling. Struggling with the morning routine—that's the hardest—and hmm. I'm having to rely on like my mum or James. And I hate having to rely on people. I like to be really independent.
2: Yeah.
1: So, um, and 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 I'm just so tired, James. Like, um, you forget they just don't sleep. Babies don't sleep.
2: No. They
1: do. They do. When people come round. Yeah. And then they think, oh, what's she talking about? It's so easy. And then yeah. when they leave, they wake up and they just don't want to sleep. So. <laughs> Oh,
0: gorgeous. She's well worth it. She's oh, gorgeous. man. Oh, man. Uh, hey, do you want to start this? Do you want to start this fun show? How
1: was Kev yesterday, by the
0: way, quickly? Kev was fantastic yesterday. Actually, we, we talked about the topic we wanted to talk about in the first place. And that was uh, youth and, and training and a little bit about, you know, strength training and exercise and kids. And so we actually got to that topic, which was great. And his other podcast that we the the introduction to Kev that one actually is just going up so we're kind of dating it here when we're doing this podcast it's going up tomorrow so it's in the queue so it'll go live tomorrow so that'll be fun and that's the Kev story and that's that's a really that's a really good one actually when I I listened to it again I was kind of like wow you know what. It's, it's about fitness and it's about him and it's about his, how he got to where he's going, but it could be anybody and choices and sticking with it and hard work and commitment. And it's a great story.
1: Good guy. He's a good guy. Okay. And he'll, he's going places because he's so determined.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna talk more with Kev for sure and uh, get him on couple times a month or, or whatever. And
1: I'm so glad. Cause like, he's such a lovely guy. Yeah. We're going
0: to, uh, we're going to, we're going to sort so of reboot our fitness podcast.
1: Which you used to do with in a fight guys.
0: Yeah. Marcus Smith and I, we did get fit radio. So we'll call it the get fit podcast.
1: <laughs> get fit. <laughs> Kev- boy. Kevlar.
0: Ke- uh, there we go. It's, and it's, you know, it's funny. He's got the three, three letter first name and then Fitzsimmons on the back. So it's just Kev. So you just don't, you just call him Kev because, you know, it's it's quite a mouthful.
1: It's too much for in the morning, James. <laughs> let <face> it. a <laughs> twisted for the morning time.
0: Well, I, I like his Instagram, Kfits, you know, Kfits Training. So I think that's the way to do it.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, to be honest, I should train with him really because um, I know him and he's a friend. But I think... I've, I'm looking forward to going back to my old guy, who's I used to, like he's, he's just a great guy, and I've been training with him for years. But Kev, if I didn't have my other chap, I'd definitely be training with Kev because he's just he's just awesome. Yeah. And you'd like him to have the business, really? Not that I think he needs it, but
0: hey, you know what? It, all business is good business. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna start this, and then we'll just you'll just keep talking.
1: Let's go. All right, go. Let,
0: let's do it. Let's see if we can make it work. All right, here we go. It's Potaholic's time. It's Doc Talk with Dr. Jenna Burton. And what are we talking? Sleep deprivation, having a baby, things you forget, follow up on our lung conversation and kids. And I've gotten a lot of great feedback, Jenna, by the way, on the podcast spotlight of your children licking slides and the floor. That was very good. <laughs>
1: people said oh my
0: goodness. people are saying that's like my kids too what do we do so I thought that was kind of neat and and a lot more this is Potaholics and Doc talk with Dr. Jenna and you never know where it's gonna go it's it's as simple as that <laughs> James I've missed
1: you I've missed you for the last few weeks
0: I know in I know and 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 then I and then you got usurped by by Kev Fitzsimmons don't worry. Oh
1: I got shelved. Well,
0: um, I honestly, uh, when I booked him in, I honestly didn't think you'd be doing any podcasting so quick after. Not that you couldn't and not that you wouldn't, just that you would be tired and busy. And so uh, that's the only reason.
1: Both of those statements are true. I'm tired (laughs) and I'm busy but I like podcasting and it's nice to have just sort of a little uh, half an hour for doing this yeah.
0: to yourself. Well, you know so, what? May-
1: and plus we're Zooming, so we're, we're, we're saving time.
0: Well, you know what? I thought maybe that's what we'll do for the next few is we'll uh, we'll Zoom them instead of dragging you over to the Rove. And hey, you know what? Honestly, in all the stuff that's going on, maybe it's better to be Zooming just to limit not not you and I interacting, but limiting our general interaction around things. I mean, I don't know. You know, maybe well,
1: all the restrictions are increasing again, aren't they? Back in the UAE and in most countries. Oh, so, yeah, I think even I had plans for this weekend. It was the first thing I had planned in a long time. And I think, again, that's going to be, you understand what I mean by kiboshed?
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes. I think these plans will be kiboshed uh, by COVID yet again. Thank you. <sighs>
0: COVID-19. you know it's uh
1: yeah
0: it's <laughs> it and it's it's like a year now we're like we're heading into a year of this and i keep thinking all right it's going to be a second year where you know march breaks yeah ain't it happening this year and stuff like that and you know those great barbecue parties that we had planned and you want to get a bunch of people together yeah you're not doing that either and it's uh it's getting crazy
1: It's hard because I think people have lost their patience, whereas people initially didn't mind. And although everyone minded, that's a lie, everyone minded, we all did it because we felt it was the right thing to do, which is, you know, still very true. It's the right thing to do. We're being told by the authorities, this is what we've got to do. But it's hard. It's a bitter pill to swallow a year down the line. Um, Some people haven't seen their family members for a year it's hard it's really hard um and and what's sad is that the, we still don't know when that end date's going to be if you could say right you're just going to suck this up till June the 1st 2021 as awful as it would be we'd have that end in yeah. i think we don't have that light at the end of the tunnel it's becoming harder to to tolerate
0: we're we're so used to oh we've got medicine and it's so advanced and we're so used to here's the timeline there's no timeline here. There's no end date. And different countries got different things going on. And and then what did I hear today? You know, the, the, the British variant has now mutated into a new variant, and they're not sure what's going on with that. So it's like, oh, man, you know, it's like.
1: I attended a COVID-19 course, I think I told you. Yeah. I had to sign up because I wanted to learn more. And the only overwhelming feeling I came away with is that there is still so many questions and so few answers and it would be wrong for us to start saying that we know this, we know yeah. this, we know this, because we, we don't. There's actually so much that we still don't know. And I did wonder why I spent the money on the course uh, <laughs> because I still came away feeling a little bit like there's still still so much we just don't know, but it's it's new and we just have to, I think, be patient as patient as possible we can be. And just also not seeing as this is a medical po- podcast, that we do need to give that shout out that if you're feeling really down things are getting on top of you you're not coping you've got to go and see your doctor yeah so and it's okay especially here in Dubai they're quite open to people to going directly to the doctor if they don't have a fever they don't have a a recurrent cough Um, Otherwise, you must ring the DHA first.
0: You know, and and I I think you're really right about that. And just talking with people and it's it doesn't mean that you've got a full on depression going down, but it's just, you know, you just it's there's no light at the end of the tunnel at this point. And I think you see friends who've got symptoms or have been diagnosed and it's just where's this all leading us to? And, and look, I I think we, we do a disservice, not you and I on doc talk, but the media in general do a a little bit of a disservice in the informing of the public. So yes, they do a great job of informing, but they focus in on very specific things that, that, you know, the doom and what's, you know, what are the numbers and how many people are sick and what are the, as opposed to some of the positive sides of things or a more balanced representation of things and the other news that's going on. Like, you know, I, I've stopped listening to a lot of news. It's I, I, as I was saying to someone, I listen in the morning for about an hour and I listen to two different things and I look at the national in the afternoon and that's it because I, or I look at other things, but I don't want to have a constant diet of COVID news because there's nothing I can do about it.
1: You know, as well, when we're forgetting about those people that have been directly affected by COVID yeah. and it was actually something that one of my best friends addressed because her effectively father-in-law has just passed away very unexpectedly from one of the new variants of covid and their family can't get away from covid they can't get away Mm. from it and you know normally if you're going through the grieving process distraction is helpful so that's out the question because in the uk now there's a total lockdown they can't go anywhere other than for a walk where you still don't really have your mind overly distracted do you because you're often you go for a walk to have a nice think and contemplate life and then they go home and they put the television on and it's COVID, COVID, COVID. Yeah. And I appreciate that it's really great that we're informed, but I agree with you, James. There's there's no sort of balanced arguments. There's also just no escape from it. And yeah. sometimes people need an escape.
0: Yeah, yeah. Watch something that's not and that's COVID. All
1: that, that's what we're here for. But yet we're doing the same thing.
0: <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Hey, I want to get back to the sleep. And now here's here's an interesting because because you just what? you've just got your your baby girl. You've you you know it's what two weeks? Is two, we- two, two weeks? She's two weeks.
1: Today. Two, yeah, weeks two, today. two weeks today. Two weeks yesterday. So this is this is
0: great. Now you how old are your boys? They're three. Yeah. So you got two you got three year old twins and you you've got a, a brand new, fresh out of the wrapper, baby girl. I'm thanking you. And and you know, so you you had your children, you know, three year olds, that's only a, a short period of time. Did you forget stuff about about be you know, that that whole process of being a new mom? And did stuff just kind of disappear as you were leading up to it?
1: You know that you actually release hormones around the time of labor that actually make you forget how unpleasant <laughs> labor is. This is true, Jake. Really? Because the hormones make you feel relaxed yeah. and, and and actually do work as um they have the ability basically to make you forget just how awful it is. Otherwise that people wouldn't want to have more children. Right. And I mean, first of all, I had an epidural, which was wonderful. Did it work? For, for it worked. Oh, Yeah, yeah, oh, it worked to treat you, but for quite a number of hours, they kept saying, Are you sure you don't want an epidural now? And I was saying, Oh, whenever suits you. And I don't think I'd realized I was in active labor. Yeah. And when my husband arrived, because he was watching our, our boys, when he arrived, he was like, Are you okay? Because I wasn't, didn't want anything to drink. Yeah. I didn't want to touch any food. I couldn't put the television on. I couldn't read anything. I was just sat there in pain. Um, and yeah, and then when they did finally bring the epidural, and they were like, "Look, I think you really should go for it now." It was just wonderful, then, wonderful. It was ma- like magic. Look, <laughs> I you, and, it.
0: and you're really lucky in the epidural market because one one thing is there's there's a window for those epidurals, and if you don't get in on the window. They don't work. And sometimes they just don't work at all, which is, you know, I mean, sure, they they put it into your spine and sure, it should kick in. But I've known people who've had epidurals and they didn't work at all. Or as I just said, they missed the window.
1: Well, the thing is, is when you go for an epidural, you have to have a platelet check to check you've got enough platelets. And that basically affects to check your clotting is okay. So you don't get bleeds and when the epidural is being performed so you have to have your platelets checked that normally takes you one and two hours to get back and you've got to have an anesthetist availability so and if you get too far down the line the contractions are so painful you would never get a woman to sit still in order to have the epidural Mm. and believe me whilst I was I was induced I was induced three weeks early because of a few little complications there were some women that were coming in after me and I was like oh my gosh they sound like they're in so much pain they said they're too far advanced. They've missed the opportunity for the epidural. Wow. And some women just choose not to have one. You know, yeah. some women yeah. want to do it naturally or they want to try medications like pethidine or gas and air. Um, and Entonox, which is gas and air, is loads of fun, I have to say. I didn't get to try it this time. But it is, it is a fun drug, um, which you often get during the early starts of labor. And some people only use that, which, again, hats off to these people because that yeah. is a serious level of pain. It only really takes the edge off.
0: Wow. But
1: but yeah, I forgot loads, James. There's loads. I mean, it's it's like, in one way, it's so weird because this is my second, second, like, experience of going through sort of labor and new baby. And in one way, it's just so matter of fact. I mean, you've had two children. You just kind of get on with it. Um, There's no, like, this honeymoon period. It's just like right back into normal life, but with the addition of an extra body. And on the other hand, it's like goodness me, I I totally forgot. I need bibs. I totally forgot about. She's got some oral oh, thrush at the moment. I forgot about. Oh, newborn thrush,
0: or thrush. So talk about thrush a little bit because one of my children. So we so we'll back up a 2nd I'm, I'm, we we'll, we'll compare notes. One of our boys the youngest when we left the hospital we had to take him back we got out pretty early and i know you left pretty early as well as as soon as you could get out of the hospital my wife was the same and one of our boys um he had jaundice we had to take him back they had to put him under the they had to put him under the cooker for uh for a uh, you know for a day and it was a weird thing because we we had my wife had the child we brought him home he needed to go back. So we took him back and then we came home without him and left him in the hospital for about seven or eight hours and then went back. And it was like, oh, it was, it's not that it was a bad thing, but it was like, we got eight hours to get some sleep and then, <laughs> yeah, then we sleep. get back into it.
1: We, we actually had a very similar experience, James. So um, my daughter's name is Neve, and she was borderline jaundice. And the problem was, is that I think the second time of having a baby, it's that balance between You've got a duty to your newborn, but you also have existing children that yeah. psychologically, is, it's hard for them. The fact that, one, you've gone missing, two, because of COVID regulations, they're not allowed to visit. And three, you're going to come home with a whole new baby and turn their life upside down. And it's really hard to get that balance of wanting to do the best for both. And I knew that one of them was really struggling. And he was becoming very quiet, withdrawn at home, very weepy, asking for me. So leave was borderline jaundice, and they wanted to keep us in for observation. And I kind of made the decision to go home and say, can I come back tomorrow morning and repeat the test? And and they were like, oh, why do you want to faff around coming backwards and forwards? And it was hard work. It's hard work to get to the hospital for like, what, half eight, the the day after you've just come home. But I did it, and I had to do it the next day and the next day. Wow. And I, I did it for the next few days, and she remained to be borderline, and, and it's passed, and she's fine. So what is, um, what is
0: jaundice, Jenna? What is, what is jaundice?
1: Jaundice is Basically, it's quite common in newborns, and the more premature you are, the more likely um, you are to have jaundice. It's a buildup of bilirubin in the body, which is like what breaks down, like uh, when, when you break down blood and things like that, you get excess bilirubin. And the only way to really get rid of it is either to have phototherapy, it helps break it down and flush it out, or to just keep feeding as much as possible. So the more you pass urine, the more you pass species, mm. you actually help to excrete uh, the bilirubin, but very common. But there's loads and loads of really common things. When when they're tiny, they can come out in these newborn rashes that people get really frightened about, and they can look quite scary. But again, they're just they're nothing to be concerned about. People get frightened when babies come out and they look white, but that's just the vernix, which is like this waxy substance that protects the baby. Whilst basically the baby surrounded by water, it protects the skin. Um, you've got this oral thrush, which yeah. uh, is babies through normal delivery because they collect candida through the, um, the birth canal and it gets into their mouth all the way down to the anus as well uh, and can be really quite difficult to shift. So we're using something called nystatin, which is like an antifungal at the moment. It's not working. We have we've got to get to the next step, which is the It doesn't look nice. It's like this white spotty rash in the mouth and around the lips. They get they get it's normally usually skin things like melia, which are these little tiny, like little white little clear blisters all over the skin, they can get that for quite a number of years as well.
0: Wow. So there's
1: loads, there's loads that that actually is not too concerning, but we all get frightened about.
0: Yeah, and it's it's just keeping up on it, isn't it?
1: I think Google's probably very heavily used in the first ten days of uh, giving birth. But also, you know, let's not even forget about the minefield of, of breastfeeding and <gasps> how straightforward everybody assumes that's going to be. And it's not.
0: how did you go with time too? Because obviously, you're, you 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 were told me you were expressing. How's the breastfeeding going?
1: So the first time around with the boys they were born at 36 weeks and they never latched it just didn't even happen and i tried every time it was feeding and it just never worked and they also had low blood sugar when they were born so the first thing that happened is they were given formula as soon as they were born to try and get their sugars back up and again just a side effect of the level of prematurity and the level of prematurity with twins is a little bit higher because they they're not as developed as um, as a normal baby would be as a singleton pregnancy so there was that um, and I just assumed that when you have a single baby, it would be a lot easier. And that the only reason I failed was because I had twins. Mm. So, Neve was born at 37 weeks. So, a week later, definitely latched on a lot easier, but still very sleepy and just not eating, didn't pass urine for 24 hours. Wow. Trying to get rid of this jaundice. Um, so, I expressed and tried it with a bottle and she just downed it. I mean, she guzzled, okay. guzzled it away. And then we've just never really been able to get back onto the breastfeeding. And from a, a personal perspective, what I found difficult as well is it kind of pol- breastfeeding polarized me and my husband. Mm. So I was with the baby, he was with the boys, and I found that quite difficult to tolerate too. Mm. So as much as expressing, is, it's not as good. The milk can't respond to the baby's needs when you're expressing. It's a pain. It takes double the amount of time sometimes because you've got to express and feed the baby it's kind of sort of working for us at the moment. And, um, and I, 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 kind of feel like we, we kind of got best of both. My husband can give a bottle. I can feed. Um, she's still getting breast milk, albeit not as good as if it was direct. Yeah, uh, And I still get to have time with my, with my boys, but it's not ideal. And, I'm, and I, there's like this awful sense of failure. I think when women struggle to breastfeed.
0: I mean, that's a big one, isn't it? And, and I, 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 why do you think that is? Do you think it's just because it we're 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 programmed to think that hey you're born you're you're a woman you have breasts they do extre- excrete yes. milk and they're for the child it should everyone should know how to do it it should just work it should just happen do you think that's the problem?
1: I think generally all moms want the best for their children. Mm. It's an innate. Thing that you know, it's there as soon as these children are born, your job is to protect them, and you don't even know these children when they first come, but yet you instantly love them you instantly want to protect them. And so part of that protection is wanting to give them the best start and it is hammered into us and rightly so from the media, from healthcare professionals, including myself, that breast is best. And I wrote actually a blog a few months ago called Breast is Best, but ultimately just feed your children. And it's because for... I read a statistic where I think 70% of mums try to breastfeed, but after about two weeks, it drops down to something like 40 or 30% because so many people struggle. And there are lactation consultants. There are people that are there to support you. But at the same time, they're not there for every single feed. And sometimes you can it's successful when they're with you and then when you leave them and in the middle of the night all goes wrong and it's it's heartbreaking to see your child frustrated and hungry and you're frustrated because you're trying to feed them and they're screaming crying and i think eventually um everyone's got their line where they feel like i, I just can't do this anymore it's not yeah. working and it does it feels like you've let your baby down you've let yourself down as as a woman as, as yeah. a mother um But ultimately, it's the case that you have got to feed your child. And if you've got a premature baby or a baby that's not latching or you've got – sometimes women have got inverted nipples and they don't latch on properly, it can be really, really difficult. And I honestly, James, again, this time round, I didn't get a bottle. I had no formula in. I had nothing. I didn't have an expressing machine. I just assumed it would work, and it didn't. And. I'm only two weeks in and I'm already now. We're too late to go back where really, we were kind of established on bottles.
0: Yeah. I mean, hey, you know what? You got to do what you got to do. Like you said, the the child has to eat you try, you do your best, and I think that that's it's kind of one of those illusions, isn't it? That oh, it's easy, it's going to happen, it's it's just a natural thing. It's not easy. <laughs> there's so- we
1: have to stop judging each other as well. Oh yeah, you know, there's a lot of a lot of people pass opinions or give looks when people oh, are out and about, and all right, I've got express milk. Some people have got a formula for whatever reason, and at the moment, I'm in a false sense of security because my mum has been here and she's been able to help with the odd feed. How do I do it when my husband works long hours? Yeah, I don't have anyone else here helping. You know, expressing takes a lot of time. Will I be able to continue it logistically? Yeah. Is it going to be possible um, with commitments? And that's that's not including podcasts. You know, this is uh, one thing to do. This is just getting out the house in the morning. Well, hey, we're um, we're only
0: neck up. You could be expressing right now. That would be okay. I don't have I, a problem. I
1: almost <laughs> did. To be honest, I was so close to not being ready before I did consider having to do it. <laughs> Look,
0: it, it wouldn't be far off. I I still have have vivid memories of one of my. Early radio shows on Dubai Eye. We were at Maktoum Bridge, and we were doing it was. And I remember it was Ramadan. We were doing a Ramadan show. Al Fajr Properties. They had some some Ramadan stuff. And this family comes in with a newborn, and they're talking, talking, talking. And the lady, you know, whips up her top, and she starts feeding the baby. And I'm sitting there going, "Okay." And (laughs) and you know, it was just kind of like okay i'm okay you're okay and we just kept going right but it's it's that judging thing that you're talking and i think to me that's the that's probably one of the really ongoing challenges of parenting and it's an ongoing challenge for the new parent and it's an ongoing challenge for everyone else to not judge other people for how they're doing their job you know and
1: you've hit the nail on the head so i mean you can see why you're a professor. Um, I mean, it's it's so true. We're, here we are talking about how people are judging for the fact that there might be mothers that aren't breastfeeding. You've just raised a mother was breastfeeding, but potentially doing it a bit too publicly. Yeah. And therefore, again, we've got judgment creeping in. Then it comes on to, like, behavior, whether... <laughs> I mean, people are so quick to judge on behaviour. I've seen people look at each other when maybe one of my boys has misbehaved. But then at other times, people are like, why are your children so well behaved when mine are being so naughty? They're all naughty at different times. Children are meant to push the limits and discover their boundaries. But yet, people love to judge one another. uh, And it's so true. We're, We're really quick to to pass our own opinions when children are children and we as you say it's all about kind of survival and at the end of the day you just want healthy happy children that uh, are going to be quite respectful to um to other people in their society and that's that's kind of it
0: did, did, you know, Google, as much as, as you said, is very useful in that first part of how, I, I sometimes wonder if Google leads us down a little bit of the garden path as well and and false sense of security or, you know, they'll throw up the sats depending on the site you're looking at and, and also could then make you feel bad about what you're doing. Well, you know, 70% of women can breastfeed. It's like, what, I'm not... I, So the only 25 can't so that I'm in the minority here. And oh man, you know, I get worried about that, this, and you know, it doesn't seem to get easier once you've had more children either.
1: (laughs) I mean, that's, that's true for children, but that's true for everything in life, isn't it? You know, now we've got access to the internet. All we do is spend our time comparing ourselves to each other, to people that are posting on the days that they feel good and not on the days that they feel bad. And there's the odd, really great role model out there because the there's um, the other thing of a woman getting her body back like as quickly as possible, springing back after having a baby. And there's a really great uh, Australian lady, I may have mentioned her before, called Emily Skye. And she's a fitness physique model, um, fitness instructor. And she's had a really honest and open postpartum journey. And I, I really advise people to check her out. And especially if you want to feel better because she's very real she showed her stomach the day after she delivered she's continued to show her stomach as she gets sort of leaner and on her journey back to fitness but she's just been open and honest and i don't think many people are like that and i think we could do with with more of that really
0: yeah so how how about how about yourself with the everything coming back to normal How, how how are you dealing with that because i mean that's one of the other things right we there's a I mean, we—it's—it's it's funny. I always find because we live in this this very very focused body image world where this is what you got to look like, and you know, you just had a baby. I mean, yeah, there's going to be some stretch. There's going to be lots of things going on, that and that's just the physical stuff. Forget about the mental stuff. But how how uh, how are you dealing with all that? As you said, with you know, the lady from Australia, it
1: you know it's stressful because you don't necessarily like what you see in the mirror and you know i started training very gently just recently and and to be honest really i should you should wait six weeks i'm only two weeks in and i started the other day just very very gentle And because i felt ready it was my second pregnancy i've recovered very quickly so i I decided to just sort of gently involve myself
0: what's what's Um, what's gentle what's gentle exercise for you what is what is what is that
1: uh, well, I did some stretching, and okay. I started doing some very light weights oh, nice. and just more support mobility. And then today it'll be like a hit workout. Um, so it'll be like a mixture of just some light weights, stretching, and um, uh, and some cardio. But obviously, you know, you've got to get the pelvic floor back in. You've got to remember that you don't really have a core yet. You know, everything can yeah. split and separated. You've got to really wait for everything to go back together. And it's hence why they usually say go six weeks for a review by your obstetrician tell you that you're ready to go um and i, I spoke to my obstetrician we decided that I, because i did recover pretty much you know very quickly to go slow be sensible all your ligaments are all still stretched and i flexible. know you, you know you're really at risk of injury so you've got to be very very careful um but you know it's still stressful the only compensation is that you're so busy you don't really have time to dedicate to stressing about it too much so I remember someone saying when I had my twins, it's just relentless. And it is. It's a relentless treadmill of feeding Nathis and trying to juggle, as I say, other children as well. And luckily, you just don't really get the time to focus on it. But, you know, especially in this region, people like to make comments as well. I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but, you know, different cultures find it acceptable to say different things. In the UK, you would never say, oh, my goodness, you put on weight whilst you were pregnant. Oh, yeah. And people... I've experienced that throughout being in Dubai, you know, if your weight changes ever so slightly. People are really quick to comment and yeah. it can make you feel very exposed and, and not particularly nice about yourself.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I actually want to stay on that one for just a second because I, I you know, guys kind of forget in, and maybe they're not really attached to all of this. I mean, yeah, sure. We're, you know, we're there as as part of the family process, but all of the physiological stuff that's going on for you now, I mean, two weeks is not a lot. As you said, you got ligaments that have stretched and they're soft. You've got no core or you're rebuilding that core. I mean, those are kind of things you kind of go, what's that?
1: Fucking tribal boots, James, like they're very big, heavy and they graze my knee.
0: Man, you see, you know, and I mean, that's a whole bunch of weight that you're carrying now upper body. I mean, those are all you start putting that all together and it's like, I can't relate. And then, but in the, in the same process, you got to do all these other stuff.
1: Sorry, go on, James, say that again. No,
0: but so in the process of all this stuff, and you're now still at home with your your baby. You're still at home with the boys. You're doing stuff. You got you to think about as well. I mean, this is it's huge.
1: You're at the back of the queue. I think that's that's the mm. thing. And you know, I tried to make myself feel good yesterday. I put some fake tan on, and I forgot <laughs> that spray when- tan. <laughs> so I put my I put my spray tan on, but I forgot that the milk's <laughs> leaking. And then when I'm expressing, I had a white T-shirt on. And the next minute, there's patches of fake tan all over my white T-shirt because as I was expressing and milk would maybe drop and leak, the tan would come off onto my T-shirt. And I was like, oh, my God, I look like I'm unowned. I look homeless. You know, and it's... um, There's nothing about you that is particularly glamorous or anything in these first few weeks. And it is hard because ultimately your husband's like, great, now you've had a baby, let's go out for dinner, let's do something between the two of us. But then I also have two children, one of whom is particularly sensitive and is struggling a little bit with the process. And I'm uncomfortable to leave him because I feel um, yesterday I mentioned going out for one hour um, and he just absolutely freaked out and was hysterical crying because he thought I was going to go back to the hospital and stay for a few nights.
2: Uh And it's,
1: it's really hard. You feel like you're being pulled in every single direction of this husband wants his wife back these children want this mum that's still dedicated to them. And then this baby that is relentlessly crying for attention and yeah, your hormones are blooming everywhere. So one minute, I feel like, um, it's calming down now, but in the first few days you get the baby blues and you feel like you could look at your children and cry just how lucky you are and how much you love them. But then the next minute you feel like you could just cry because my mum's going to go home or, uh, about absolutely nothing at all, to be honest. Wow. Um, and you've got these huge hormonal shifts and it is, it's quite a, a challenging time. You you should watch the. uh, There's an interview with Meghan Markle, and she was quite raw about those early. So a few weeks, months of of having a baby.
0: I mean, as a, as a husband, I, I, with, with my own wife, I always worried about postpartum depression and fortunately it, you know, things just worked out. Okay. But I've, I've known other folks who've talked about the fact that they've been, you know, as Megan Markle was talking about, you know, depression's big and it's those hormones and working with it. And, and when you're feeling, you know, I don't even want this baby at this moment. And you're not supposed to feel like that. Right. It's like, that's the judgment comes back in. Well, a good mother, is going to do it's like
1: you know postpartum depression is i think one of the most scary mental health issues i've ever witnessed when i was in intensive care we saw a lot of mothers with some quite severe suicide attempts and, wow. and often they often they were successful and i think what happens is that you can have somebody that has never had a history of mental illness that totally goes completely off the rails and it happens very quickly people don't always see it their mothers try and hide it because they feel guilty for feeling the way that they feel. They should feel on top of the world for having this new baby, and they they don't necessarily feel that way because mm. maybe they weren't expecting it to be so so tying. They lose their independence, um, and it's hard. And they're tired, and all these hormone shifts, uh, which is one of the largest, if not the largest, driver for postpartum depression and the fact that it can last up to a year. And I think a lot of... A year? Realize, yeah, you you can still get postpartum depression at nine months, ten months. It can hit at any time. Holy it was something my. I really worried about, actually, for my first pregnancy, probably because I've seen so much of it and saw how scary it can be. And mom's saying things like, I, I thought if I just let my child roll down the hill, what would, would it really be a bad thing? Or maybe I should just drop my child. They say some really quite... Mm some dark things um about how they 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 want the the child or why did i really want this in my life um and i think friends and family have really got to be on the lookout because if you you do see a friend or family member that you think might be suffering postpartum depression get intervention very quick um because it it can spiral out of control very quickly not for everybody but for those ones that do it it comes and it can boom it's uh, it can be quite severe, quite
0: quick. I I did you know sort of a, a, a somewhat related statistic, not really, but somewhat is it's there a were made
1: up statistic, James. Well, I think it, what, it's not a number; about. it's
0: it's an observation that I heard from ER doctors and during during this COVID thing with with new parents and the number of children coming in to ER with head injuries that are clearly happening mm-hmm. because of you know not being able to get together with a lot of other parents not to be able to get into the kids groups and trying to deal with stuff you know it's not an extraordinary number but it was it was a noticeable increase in these these infants coming in with with issues, which might be be heading down towards what you're talking about.
1: But yeah, you do you get sadly quite a lot of non accidental injury, and it's something that doctors in emergency departments and paediatricians are trained to look out for, um, like shaking baby syndrome, mm. et cetera, where people are shaking the baby. And and you know you've got to remember people are just so sleep deprived uh, that their their anger can build up inside, and they channel it at this child, and you know. You can't be afraid if you feel like, you know, you want to start hurting your child. And it is something that people are often thought think about before they do it, that it's okay to talk to and, and to verbalize and tell people that that's how you're feeling.
0: Yeah, and that's a hard one to, to say those things to someone. It's, you know, again, weakness. Uh, someone's going to judge me. And it's like, hey, you know what? If you need to talk it out, talk it out. It's it's, it's natural. It happens. Yeah. I, I've got a great question that... You know, you as you said, you've got your two boys. They're both very different in their personalities. Now you've brought Neve into the house. What what kind of strategies did you start thinking about with introduction of the third sibling? How how was that going?
1: Well, I was I, I mean, I did quite a lot of reading about this beforehand because I'm sort of terrified of the thoughts that they would feel pushed out at all. So I had read about, you know, making sure that you include them, include them in picking names include them, they came to an awful lot of scans, even though some of the doctors maybe didn't really want them there because <laughs> they it was a little bit of turbulence. They, they did, they came to some of the scans. Some of the doctors were really great, let them hold the scanner and whatever, and they cool. were like, that's the baby in your tummy. We were lucky that a few friends had just recently had babies, and it was like, look, here's Alfie's baby, um, here's Buddy's baby, you know, you're getting a baby. So they kind of, they had that. Um, you have a
0: friend named Buddy. Uh,
1: yeah, I have. so my friend's got um, three children with awesome names. They're called uh, Indigo, Buddy and Rocco, which I think is nice. super cool. Much, much cooler than our names. Okay. Um, but yeah, so that helped. You can also get books, which we never use because we had friends that had mm. babies. So they sort of understood, but you can get books where you read about having a sibling into the house. Yeah. And I also spoke to the nursery to say, look, please look out for any behavior. Changes. If you can get them as excited as possible about it, that's great. And then the number one thing that I was told is make sure you get a gift for them. A the gift? Yes. Yeah, so the first time you, they meet the baby, you shouldn't be holding them. So I gave the baby to my mum and I ran up to them to make a fuss of them. And then I took them over to meet the baby. And then I, um, we gave them a gift. And one of my boys was just so excited that it meant I could now go on the slides in the same place. So I had no baby. But it was literally the first thing he said is, now, mummy, you can go on the slides now. The baby's out. Um, and I think those things helped James, but ultimately it hasn't stopped. One of them feels comfortable. The other one has definitely been very clingy and very needy. Mm. Uh, and I think that's actually more a byproduct of me going away all of a sudden to the hospital because we didn't have any notice. I had some more bleeding. I had to go to hospital. It was quite sudden. Um, and we didn't have anyone here to look after them. So we had to call upon friends who don't normally look after them. So it was a huge change in their routine. Yeah. And it... Exactly what I didn't want but it was sadly unavoidable so I think it was more that than the baby because they seem to they kiss there, they read a little stories
0: and yeah. they sort of t- as much as possible
1: was, but surely these are the same things that you did if you can remember back all that time ago <laughs>
0: yeah you know what it's funny because I just don't remember what, I just don't remember what we did I mean I remember our, our, our oldest coming to the hospital and and stuff but I, You know, and we did have family who could come in and and take care while we were in there really quickly. But I don't I don't remember all of that process. You know, I remember the jumping thing and I remember the oldest pushing, but that was a little bit older with the baby. I just just, you know, those first sort of nine months with with the with the young child that that baby and my older son. I don't remember the interaction at all. Like so that's maybe good. It must have been an okay interaction, but I, I just don't remember at all. It's kind of weird.
1: I think sleep deprivation does that to James. I look back, and I don't remember the first six months of the boys being born, really. Yeah. So I remember, we were in a different house, and I, I don't really remember much about being in that house, because I think it's just, oh, no, I didn't sleep. Yeah. So especially with, with two of them, and they never slept at the same time. They really were quite mean and coordinated, it's so there was always someone awake. And I think that's why a lot of people do. You forget, don't you? And time moves so quickly.
0: That's, you know, are you finding that, that reminder, like A, the stuff you don't remember with the boys, but B, how, how quick your, you know, need is changing? It's only been two weeks, but the, man, that's a lot of change happens in two weeks.
1: No, so she's definitely changed a lot in two weeks, and there's no doubt about it. But the biggest thing I noticed was coming home and cuddling my boys. And I was like, oh my God, you're massive. But I hadn't <laughs> realized how big you got because you forget that they were yeah. so small and he's actually bigger than they were when they were born, quite a bit bigger. But I was just like, Oh my gosh, I've got all this child, these long legs and these long arms and, and they're heavy. And it was just like they'd suddenly ballooned overnight and they hadn't. It's just that I totally couldn't believe that they'd got so much bigger because you don't notice sort of day on day. Yeah. But you know, it's it's um it's lovely. And I I think some people don't want their children to grow up. I thrive on seeing my children grow up. I want to witness as much as possible. I want to see the people that they're going to be. And I uh, you know, I really look forward to a day that I hope if we're lucky enough that they're adults and I get to, to know them as adults too, it looks yeah. like I'm sure you feel, because I know you've got your two adult boys.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think that's the big thing. It's, you know, as and everyone says, oh, things change and this. And that. I think all the kids changing, It just, it's just more stages. There's no better stage. There's no easier stage. I, I, I do say, though, that the age of my kids when they were sort of zero to seven, I think were the golden years. I really loved that age group, <laughs> you know, just because you could do anything with them and you were the center of everything, right? And they would listen to you even though they didn't listen and they would listen, and it was just, those years went so fast, when I look back at yeah, pictures.
1: They say that the days are long, but the years are short, my yeah. cousin sent me that on a message, and it's like, it's so true, and I mean, they and my boys are three already, and I, I oh, dread, the only thing I dread about them getting older is is them, like, distancing themselves, or, oh, sorry, um, distancing themselves or not wanting to be cuddled, etc. That that really frightens me.
0: Yeah, you know there might be a little gap, but then it all comes back.
1: <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. So as, what's long, the, as, they, as long as there's going to be a cuddle, that'll do. Yeah.
0: What's the biggest challenge been for you so far? Sleep. Sleep.
1: Yeah. So and, and you- lack of independence James like I'm a fiercely independent person I like being able to look after everybody on my own and suddenly I'm having to rely on people a bit and I I don't like that at all Mm. and I'm looking forward to being able to get into my groove of being able to do everything myself and get out and about on my own not having to hand the baby or ask someone to do something for the boys I want to be able to do it all so that's and, and part of the problem is, is that when you're so tired, it's quite hard. So that's yeah. definitely the hardest thing for me.
0: Man. Hey, I, 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 on a side note, I'm, I'm getting, I'm in terrible allergies right now. Are you, are you finding allergy seasons kicked in? <laughs>
1: it's just because there's, there's a change of season. Every time there's a change of season, you tend to get um, increased allergies. Plus it's been a bit dusty recently as well. Yeah.
0: You, you know what I've noticed? Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm out walking the dog, right? And we haven't had that big rainstorm yet. But there is a lot of desert plants that are now flowering. And I noticed this over about the last week and a half. And it's about the same time that I now get itchy, watery eyes all the time. And it's like, what the heck's going on? And I think it's... Sorry, James, go on. I know. I think it's just the pollens are activating. Yeah, but
1: there's... So you talk about allergies. Uh, everyone's got slightly different allergies to different things. Mm-hmm. So for some people, it's the dust. Some people, it's the pollen. Um, you know, some people, it's something completely different within their house. So it's dust mites and things like that. And I th- I feel like summer is sort of starting already. I mean, that yeah. might be a stupid thing to say in February in Dubai, but I feel like we've kind of missed winter this year, and it's just kind of starting a bit early. I and it might very like... well be that you're, you're kicking on the uh, <laughs> of, on the allergies of, of the blossom season, yeah. and and for everyone, it'll be slightly different. And my experiences in Dubai is allergies are pretty much a year round thing. There's always somebody that's kicking off with an allergy. It's it's much more pronounced in the UK. March April comes in, and that's when the allergies really get going for people that are allergic or have uh, intolerance to pollen. Whereas here, it just seems to be someone is allergic to something at any 365 days of the year.
0: I agree with you. You know, I, and I think summer's already kicking in. In fact, I was talking to my students, the same thing. They said the same thing. I said, look, I had like a, a glean of sweat just sitting around yeah. in the yard. And they're going, "We, us too, sir, us too. And it's like, what the,
1: what the heck? And can I ask, would you would you take antihistamines, James? All the time. Leave them?
0: Yeah. No, I take antihistamines.
1: They don't
0: make you sleepy? Uh, nope. Not, not this one that I take, and I, I take, I, pr- I probably take them almost all year round. I'm taking an antihistamine. Yeah. Uh,
1: so some people are sensitive. So loratadine is one that is used by pilots. They're, okay. they're, they're licensed to use it by pilots, and um, because it's non-drowsy, but yet some people will still become a bit drowsy on them. So you have to be really careful and and you just have to sort of try them and see what, what suits. So it's great. that You've got one that, that works for you.
0: My, my typical allergy response is not really, you know, the, it's just itchy, really itchy eyes. I get itchy eyes and I'll sneeze, but the itchy eyes are the killer because they're just, they burn. My eyes start to burn. And if I, when I take the allergy pills, uh, it's okay. I think, and, and it's funny because when I lived in Canada, I didn't really have allergies. Move here, I have allergies. When I go back to Canada, I don't really have allergies again. So it's... everyone has got
1: an allergy in the UAE?
0: Yeah, I think it's, I, I think you're right. It's just, it's, it's fairly dusty and...
1: You can't, you can't live here for free, James. You've got to have something. <laughs> and I think, I think allergies are the price. But also, you know, I think for a lot of people, the longer they're here, the more it settles down because yeah. um, people mm. do become acclimatized to, to living here and to uh, exposure. Now, that also works the other way. For some people, the more that they're exposed to something, the worse their allergy tends to get. Mm. So it, you know, everyone is a little bit different. But I know when I first moved to Dubai, I really struggled, and now I, I don't seem to suffer at all. So everyone is a little – there is no right or wrong with it. it it's, uh, everyone's different.
0: What, when's your mum going back to the UK? What's the plan? I'm
1: going on Sunday. So, oh, no. Uh, devastated yeah uh and i you know you can't you can't state highly enough how much you need a helping hand when you just had a baby and and preferably family Uh, and it's a hard time for people having babies at the moment because obviously family members aren't always getting to meet um meet their grandparents i know my dad's so low about it aunties and uncles etc so you know it's it's hard and that's why you've got to just really stay together as a close family unit as much as you can
0: yeah, well, you're, you know what? You're sounding great. You're looking great, Jenna.
1: James, you, you you say these things, but you forget that I know when you're lying.
0: <laughs> no, but I, uh, I'm, I'm. I'm really one too long. <laughs> if, if no terrible, if, terrible, terrible liar, if you didn't look great, I'd tell you. I'd say, well, you're really looking like a, a moving van, but you're not. It's, it's...
1: <laughs> <laughs> there's absolutely no way you'd say that. But thank you, James. <laughs> nice, uh, nice yeah. nail.
0: What kind of nail polish is that you got on? Nice pink. That's uh
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, This was my treat. Um, My husband watched um, the children for an hour, actually left him. So I I was a bit nervous, but I went to have my nails done. Because it's little things like that that just kind of make you feel a little bit better about yourself. I'm a big advocate for trying to involve in self-care where and when you can, and it's not always possible.
0: (laughs) Well, and and that's always, oh, that's the issue, right? You go get your nails done, they go, oh, madam. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> have you put on some weight oh yeah one
1: lady asked me uh because i I'd just had the baby so you know your stomach doesn't go back straight away and i still would look pregnant and uh, she said so when he, when it she said how are you how's your baby and i think she, she didn't realize I had twins and i thought she meant my baby and i was like oh yeah great, great thanks just didn't realize you knew about it. I said, When are you due for this one? And honestly, I could have just sat there and cried. And my obstetrician had been really lovely saying, Oh, you look back to normal and all the rest of it. And I stupidly believed them and felt a bit better about myself for half an hour. And then I went to get my nails done and I, I was shot back down to reality <laughs> very quickly. <laughs>
0: What can you do? Yeah, never mind. That's you know, it, it's, yeah. That that's always a good thing to just you know. It, sometimes people just need to not say stuff. You know, it's like hmm, if in doubt, don't say it. <laughs>
1: that's what your grandma taught you. If you have not anything nice to say, yeah. don't say
0: anything. Yeah. All. Yeah. <laughs> ask some um, questions well, you know first. Kind of Ask some questions first. You know, someone kind of looks like they were. Maybe they just had a baby. You know, in which case, wow! I can't believe you're out of the house getting your nails done, and you got a fresh one at home. That's like wow. You know, that's a whole different comment going down, as opposed to hey, when are you having your baby?
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And 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 to be fair, people don't know. And it's uh, it's it's worse when you you're not pregnant and people ask you, um, you know, are you pregnant or something like that? You just gotta be really careful. But, you know, every culture is different and what we take as an insult isn't meant to be in other cultures. So we just got to remember that as well and try and just take it all with a pinch of salt.
0: Absolutely. Uh, You got to go.
1: I I, that, that, I was trying to do that discreetly, James. You didn't have to say it over the podcast.
0: You can just say, hey, it's uh, expressing I making... time. I gotta go express.
1: I'm getting <laughs> message to say my time is up and she's getting irritable.
0: <laughs> well look, you just go and put your mum on and with your mum and I'll just carry on having a chat. I haven't talked to that gorgeous woman in such a long time that uh, you know <laughs> and, <laughs> and your mum and I only I mean I I don't know how old your mum is, but I'm thinking we're probably pretty close in age. So uh, I know she's
1: She's a good ten years older than you. It's only like, 10, years. Really like ten years. Ten years.
0: That's not very much.
1: No, it's not. It's it's, <laughs> it's not, James. Ten years is nothing. But you're a happily married man, and she. <laughs> I think she loves things. Things. Uh, she's, she's one of these women now that just likes a glass of wine at night and her friends, and that's it. And I think that's that's the new modern woman.
0: Awesome. poster awesome jenna we're gonna catch up soon i can't wait to pick up our conversation thank uh, you let's
1: talk, let's talk real
0: medicine next week but thank you so oh, yeah much. i'm gonna send you the list i got a lot of things to talk about it's all coming up i can't wait see you all later right. thank you very much okay. bye dr jenna burton james pikeway doc talk and you know what we'll be back with you really really soon podaholics with k at gmail.com if you want to get in touch with us this is doc talk Out.